to the right place here. We're going to start, we're going to dig into the word of the Lord. We're going to go to Luke chapter <coughs> number 11, verse number 1. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. Very familiar passage of scripture. We're just going to read the one verse today. We, we did go through the rest of some of this chapter a few weeks ago. Today we're going to go into just 11 and verse 1. <clears throat> and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So today we're going to continue on. I know we're not going to finish all of it today, but I do endeavor to uh, get through most of this this morning, um, or a good about half of what I have here, um, and then we'll finish this lesson next week. We're going to talk about the importance of prayer. This is lesson number four. I had I've taught this five weeks now, but one week uh, I completely got off the notes. So much that I, I just retaught the little bit that I had said and moved on. Last week we, we, we continued talking about the benefits of our consistent prayer life. How many of you understand that we need a consistent prayer life? We need to pray how often? Every day. Every chance that I can. <laughs> I want to pray. I want to talk to God. Amen. Because I need to draw closer to him. <clears throat> So we, we talked about the benefits of a consistent prayer life. We've talked about several things that are beneficial in our prayer life. And I believe it was last week we finished by talking about how that praying every day and praying often um, helps us to become more like him. And it helps us to be the vessels that he longs for us to be. But today I want to pick up and where we left off, and I want to talk about how that a consistent prayer life contributes to your spiritual strength, your spiritual strength. Just like we need to work our body in some form or fashion um, every single day, otherwise if we don't, we lose strength in our body. If we don't walk every day, you're going to have to relearn how to walk going to have to teach yourself. You're going to have to strengthen the, the muscle that, that you have to use to be able to walk again. Um, and that, that's very common in, in, in traumatic situations where somebody's laying in a hospital for many, many months. They have to get up and they have to have help. They have to strengthen those muscles yet again. Physical therapy is there so that we can strengthen the muscles that go, la go lax when we are going through a healing process. Amen. And so it is with our walk with God. If we're not using our spiritual man on a regular basis, we're letting him stay dormant, then we're going to have to go back and strengthen some of those things. But if we use it every day, Brother Blue, then we know that every when we go and we use that spiritual man and we, we, we begin to work throughout our day, we know that that spiritual man is going to be strong enough to be able to withstand what comes his way. Amen. And uh, I know that the Apostle Paul said, he said, 
physical exercise profits little. But there is great gain in spiritual growth. We want to continue to walk in our in our relationship with God. We want to grow. We want to we want we 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 uh, likened our spiritual growth to that of a young child that was born, a newborn. If he always stays on on milk, he's never going to grow adequately enough. In fact, he will be malnourished at some point in time because his body at one point needs more sustenance. And so it is with our spiritual man. We, we At the beginning, yes, we need spiritual milk. But as we grow, we need to be weaned off of that milk onto more substantial food so that we can grow on a regular basis. We want the meat of the word and not just the milk only. That is, that is to not say that we have to we have to tear down those foundations. No, we should build upon the foundations on which we, we, we began and allow the house to begin to be erected by the word of God. Amen. Prayer helps us stay in tune with him. Prayer can be a time of receiving correction from God sometimes. Um, I know that there have been times like that. In fact, there's one time that kind of stands out in my mind, and that is, with, with, with uh, Simon Peter. Peter's telling the Lord, no, no, no nothing's going to happen to you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure that you don't die, make sure that they don't harm you. And uh, Jesus looked at him and he said, hey, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Whereas just a few verses before, he told Simon, he said, guess what? You're blessed above all men, and here are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And within just a few moments, Peter, now you say, well, you can't really liken that to prayer. Why not? He's talking to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was there in the flesh, but he's talking to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, look, you're wrong. Thank God that you have a revelation as to who I am. But you're not the friend of God when you try to destroy the will of God. And the will of God was that Jesus was to die. So that we could all have remission of sins. So that we could all have access to the throne of God. And if Peter was able, even in the slightest bit, to thwart the enemy's plan to destroy Jesus Christ. He would have then become the enemy of God. Because then he was stopping what God needed to happen for his kingdom to become greater and more involved with his creation. Amen. Praise God. You can leave your time in prayer with a fresh outlook and a fresh experience with our God. That's what my desire is. Every time I pray, God, I know I've said this before, I don't want you to feel I want you to seek after a depth of the Holy Ghost that does allow you to be refilled with the Holy Ghost every time that you pray. When I say that, that means when I say refilled with the Holy Ghost, what, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is I pray until I pray through in tongues. That's what my desire is every day. But I don't want you to beat yourself up if one day you get up and you pray and you're talking to God and you don't pray through. And you don't talk in tongues that day. I don't want you to beat yourself up. I want you to continue. I want you to get up the next day and say, God, I didn't get where I wanted to yesterday, but today is a new day. 
And I want to I reach that place anew and afresh. Let me ask you this. If, if God doesn't meet you for a week, would you still pray? If you don't feel the sensation and you don't feel the glory that you always feel when you pray, would you still pray? I hope you would. Because there's going to come a day, my friend, if you haven't reached that place yet, it's going to make, it's going to show up and you're going to, God's going to find out just like he did with Job. Job thought God abandoned him. What, 45 days? There's a long time of, long time period that happened in Job's life where he couldn't feel the Lord. He, and everybody was against him. Even his own wife was saying, curse God and die. But yet Job still counted God faithful. Even when he couldn't feel the goosebumps running down his back. Even when he couldn't feel the glory of heaven when he began to talk to the Lord. He still never gave up on God. And I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, you're going to have to go through that as a child of God at some point in your life. Because all it is is God trying the house that you have been building for him. I don't remember what, what epistle it was in, but one of the epistles begins to talk about how that God tries the house and tries what you built with. Did you build with wood, hay, and stubble? When he sends the fire, he's going to find out. And whatever you replaced with the solid Doctrines of the word of God, which could be fine stone. And, and look, I'm telling you, when heat comes, when the fire comes, it's not going to destroy the stone that you build with your, in your house. As long as you're building it with the stone of the word of God. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is that main foundational part. But we've got to continue building our home with, with something that's going to last. I know we in America, we, we, use, we use wood as our main frame of our home. And you can see that there's a lot of old homes and a lot of old farm buildings that, that are falling down because that wood's all worn out. And they haven't been actively replacing things that need to be replaced or taking care of what was there so that it'll last a long time. But when you go to Africa, they don't build homes out of wood. They build homes out of cinder block. Some of them are complete concrete walls that they build out of. And they build it all by hand. But I can promise you this much, those houses, the worst, that, the only thing that they use as wood over there is, is in the roofing. The only thing they're going to have to replace if a fire comes is the roof over their head. They're going to have to replace it. But some of us, myself included, we're going to have to replace a whole home. Potentially. God doesn't want us to have to worry about those kinds of things, spiritually speaking. He wants us to build something that's going to last, not just a lifetime, but he wants us to build something that will last an eternity. So many times, Brother Blue, I think we, we get so, so wrapped up in just thinking in this finite world of life that we forget eternities available to us. And we're going to spend eternity somewhere. I want to make sure that I've built 
a lasting relationship that's going to allow me to spend an eternity with my God who has become my Savior, who has paid the price for my sin that I can live for him and live with him eternally. But it's only going to come through establishing these things through prayer. You know, the, this, the scripture teaches us in Matthew, it teaches us that Jesus, as Jesus was talking to the disciples, they said, Lord, you know, who, who's going to make it to heaven? And, and Jesus began to talk to them and, and he began to explain some things. And he told them, he said, look, anybody that comes to me, he said, there, there's going to be day, a day when, when people come to me and say, Lord, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I, I saw healings happen in your name. And Jesus told that crowd that day, he said, but I'm going to declare to them, depart from me, because I never knew you, your workers of iniquity. Now, forever, I, I thought it was just one of those things where iniquity was just, or, or, or it was just bad people or whatever, sinners and rank sinners, people that are murderers or just, hey, we, we want to skate in, but... No, it's more than that. Because right after Jesus told them that he would turn away those that are even just, that, that have seen healings in his name and that have seen devils uh, released from somebody, delivered from somebody, amen, because they used his name. And, and Jesus told them directly, he said, I'm going to tell them, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, one thing you have to understand is the word knew you is not the word that we use today as, well, I know somebody. Well, I know, I know certain people. I do. I know, I'm trying to think of somebody, I know Rick James. But I don't know him like Brother Blue knows him. But then, I know my wife. And the word that Jesus used in the original referred to the relationship a man and woman have as spouses. He said, I'm going to tell them, I, I've never known you in an intimate way. I've never spent time with you in an intimate fashion. You used my name. And God responds to faith. Now, I want you to understand that. God's not going to turn people away when they use his name because he said, whatsoever you ask in my name, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, believing, that shall be done unto you. That's what Jesus said. And it'll happen. But it's not going to save your soul. You've got to obey. And that's what Jesus told that people that day. Because right after, Brother Blake, right after he finished teaching them, I'm going to tell them that have used my name. You may have used my name, and I know who you are, but you never knew me like a spouse knows his spouse. I've never had an intimate relationship with you. And then he goes on and he says, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine, and does them, 
What does that imply? Anybody? If you hear something and you do what you're told, what is that called? Obedience. Jesus said, if you obey what I've told you, I'm going to liken you to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the winds blew and the storms came and it beat on that house, that house lasted. But then he said, but if you hear my words and you do not obey them, then I will liken you to a what? A foolish man who built his house, anybody know, on the sand. Is there a foundation in the sand? No. No. The most vulnerable homes are on the seashore. I know it's a beautiful view. Brother Tuffy, I don't want to take a chance on my, on my eternal home. You may have the best view in the world. You may have it all together, and it may look just fine to everybody that's around you. But honey, when the storm comes, are you going to have to build back from the ground up? Or are you going to be like the man that built upon the mountainside who went down to bedrock and built some good foundation? Are you going to be able to withstand the storm? I'd rather be the man that built his house on the, on the side of the mountain. Built down upon a solid foundation. Amen. Praise God. Prayer is the birthplace of your spiritual renewal. And if you can't feel God, let me tell you, pray every day. Don't give up because he will meet you again. And it may not be that God's not hearing you and that God's not there. Because I can promise you every time you pray, God hears every word that you say. But when God, when you can't feel him, most of the time it's because the enemy has built a blockade. And he's saying, all right, let's see how long you last without feeling the sensationalism, without feeling the power, without feeling the goosebumps. Because there will be days. I will dare say days that you may encounter that very fear and can I tell you in my own experience I can tell you this that this has happened to me when I begin to dig deeper in the Lord make up my mind I want more of God in my life it's prayer that gives us the power to overcome the enemy of our soul how many of you want to destroy the enemy how many of you want to stop the antics of the devil in your life? Coming through prayer. Coming through prayer. Psalm 51 and 2 says it this way. Oh, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's how it works every day. I, I, have, I have done in my own personal prayer life, I have made it a practice to pray this prayer every single day. I want a clean heart inside this boy. I want a right spirit in me at all times. I can promise you God will answer. Prayer is a place of evaluation for my daily living. 
In fact, in prayer, you can get your spiritual life and your natural life in order. If you feel like things are spiraling out of control in your life, sometimes maybe it's because you're not praying like you know you should be praying. Prayer is our greatest weapon against the devil, and it is our greatest defense against his attacks. Prayer helps us understand the power of God, and it gives us confidence that God will protect us and keep us on a regular basis. In fact, in prayer, you can get your priorities straight. You can find direction for your life, both short-term, and he will in, in, inevitably show you a long-term plan for your life if you are diligent in your prayer life on a regular basis. Prayer allows us to confront ourselves spiritually. Prayer allows us to examine ourselves in the presence of God. We need to examine ourselves regularly. Prayer keeps the power of God alive in us, and it is God's power within us that gives us power over the devil. Amen. It is our personal prayer lives that God makes us into the vessels that he needs for us to be Without a personal prayer life, you will never find spiritual fulfillment. 1 John 4 and 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Prayer is a time when you must let God speak to you and let God evaluate your walk and your work. For him. You guys understand what I'm talking about, evaluation here. Have you ever evaluated anything in your life before? Have you ever evaluated a problem at work potentially? You look at, Brother Tuffy, you're looking at a situation and, and you get a unique cycle that comes in that they want to make into a trike and, and you've got to figure out, you've got to evaluate that unit to find out what parts we actually need for this thing. God expects you to do that same thing with your own life. And I would dare say I, I try to do this for myself regularly, but I encourage every one of you under the sound of my voice today, you need to at least evaluate your walk with God every single week. I didn't say pray every single week. I'm not saying you just wait to pray every week, but at least sit down in your prayer time and you consider where you are with God and ask God, help me to change whatever situation it is so that I can move further into your kingdom. Does that make sense this morning? An evaluation. You need to be honest with yourself. and You need to be honest with God and allow the Holy Ghost to work in your life. He'll, he'll answer, and he'll, he'll be honest with you, and he'll give you strength to perform whatever you need to do in your life for you to be profitable and, and, and uh, beneficial to the kingdom of God. And finally, this morning, a consistent life of prayer contributes to our spiritual consistency. A spiritual life of prayer, a consistent one. Will allow you to become consistent in your walk with God. 
Consistency is everything in the kingdom of God, folks. Consistency. Everybody say consistency this morning. It's important. You've got to have it. You've got to have it not only in your walk with God, but you've got to have it in your marriage. Not only do you have to have it with your marriage, but you've got to have it in the relationship that you have with your children. Look, kids, kids, they pick up on inconsistencies. And they play your inconsistencies against you very easily. They know how to work that. Spouses, <laughs> you know how to work each other when that man of yours or that woman of yours says no this time. But oh, maybe it depends on her feelings and how she's doing that day. Whereas tomorrow it might be yes. We're not trying to manipulate God, folks, like we manipulate one another. God can see through our manipulation. Consistency is everything. We've got to be consistent. Let me tell you, this is why so many people are falling out with God, and this is why so many relationships are falling apart in this world today. It's because people refuse to be consistent. Because consistency is not convenient. Not convenient, but it's necessary. I can promise you this, and I'm going to shut down with this. And that is, if you'll be consistent, you'll be able to help more people in this world. Your consistency will stand out. Not just because you're consistent, but they will see a difference in your life. You're consistent to church. You're consistent with your prayer life. You're consistent in your answers. You're not just answering on a whim. Consistency is everything. Amen. I'll just say this. This is why I don't, I don't discipline my children while I'm angry. I won't do it. I will promise them a spanking. And I will cool down before I spank them. You know why? Because you may go over the top and you may cause a problem. And I don't believe that we ought to abuse our children. But I do believe we need some consistent, consistent display. Well, I've, I've taught this before, and I don't know if this is still going to be on the docket or not, but Brother Golf was planning to come and teach on the family in a few weeks, about four weeks from now. And if it's still going, I, I'm looking forward to it, but we're going to find out. Consistency is everything. Even if you're not spanking your children, but you, you tell them no, if it was no today, it's going to be no tomorrow. It's going to be no the next day and so on and so forth. Does that make sense today? I, it, it's, it's like that no matter who you're dealing with. Coworkers. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta get off of this candy stick, but you got to understand consistency is going to be what takes you to the next level in the kingdom of God. Consistency. Amen. God bless you all. Let's spend some time in prayer. And let's let the Holy Ghost have his way today.